Welcome to the Rooted Alchemy podcast, where I talk about women living powerful and autonomous throughout all the phases of their lives. I'll share my heart on women's wisdom, healing and wellness, wild pregnancy and birth, and topics on pelvic and womb connection. I'm your host, Bethany Wild, a massage therapist who focuses on women's wellness. Thank you so much for being here. So today I'm going to have kind of an open-ended talk on the topic of birth injuries and just healing in general. If you're a woman who has given birth and you're dealing with one of the more common situations that I'm going to talk about today and before I kind of get into it, I just want to apologize for the lack of audio quality. Ever since I had my daughter, I've had to be really creative about where I've been recording and Today it's in my car and it's really hot outside so I got the air conditioning on so if you hear some background white noise that's what it is until I can kind of figure out the best place to uh, yeah get like a half an hour in some quiet area. Um, so yeah today I'm, I'm just going to focus mostly on different common birth injuries so pelvic organ prolapse incontinence and tearing and then I'll share about different methods of just um, all-purpose healing and restoration after birth from from a kind of body work and um, just physical emotional perspective Um, so yeah when I put out there the question on social media for women to just send me topics on things that they like covered um, a lot of what was sent to me were questions on how to deal with these kinds of birth injuries and I see this more and more and you know I believe they're actually really common situations with the way well both with the way that we birth in our modern uh, culture but just I, I mean I think this kind of thing has happened throughout time as well and unfortunately there just aren't a lot of resources for women to understand and work with and heal this naturally or in a holistic way so often women are left to just deal with discomfort on from the low end of the spectrum and then severe pelvic pain on the greater end and then you know a lot of times women just they will go and visit their doctors and they're given a lot of solutions that aren't really healing the root cause or even advising surgery prematurely which can come with a lot of other issues you know both short term and long term and of course I'll go into there are times where rare times where surgery is the best option but it always it's always better to in my opinion to kind of begin in a natural holistic way and see what progress you can make before you have to go to, um, you know, an extreme option that comes with a lot of issues. So I feel it's important to get this information out there that, you know, there's not too much on the topic. So I'm just going to contribute my perspective today based on what I've seen and worked with, with women in my bodywork practice and some of my just personal opinions about some, just some of the root causes of, of these situations. And I just want to note, 
ahead of this episode that I'm not a pelvic floor physical therapist. I'm not a doctor, obviously. So what I'm going to share comes a lot from the perspective of root causes, including situational as well as holistic, emotional, spiritual associations with these kinds of injuries. I'll talk about it from, you know, the perspective of somatic body-based psychology and I'll talk about where you definitely want to see a professional and where I feel healing can be done at home and how I've seen it done at home. So don't take my advice as anything other than a body worker who works with women, who works with the pelvic floor, um, and as well as external abdominal and uterine massage. I really believe, of course, that you are fully sovereign and I trust you to choose what's best for you, always. And I trust you and your body to heal itself, given the right support and the right rest and the right knowledge. Okay, so I want to start with birth. None of these situations happen in a vacuum. A lot of injuries have to do with a susceptibility to something, and then often birth exacerbates it, just like with any injury. Um, you know, so I encourage you, if you have one of these injuries, to explore what happened in your birth, go over your birth story, and how that may have led to it. And I'll talk more in detail about that and what may cause each scenario. So I'm going to start with pelvic organ prolapse, super common. I keep seeing this more and more. Um, a lot of women feel like they have some degree of prolapse after birth, and there's really a lot to it. This is a big subject. It's not a simple fix, and so I'm just going to talk about everything that I know about it and hopefully provide a lot of helpful information about anyone who's wanting to work with this at home. So for those of you who don't know, there's a few different kinds of prolapses depending on the organ and with different stages that are related to severity. So there's a bladder prolapse, also called a cystocele, there's a uterine prolapse, and there's a prolapse of the rectum or a rectocele. And again, the different stages refer to how low the organ has dropped. And these organs start to drop from their original placement because the pelvic muscles and the tissues and the ligaments surrounding the organ are weakened or damaged in some way and they're no longer fully supporting it. So with stage three and four for uterine prolapse, when the uterus is either at the entrance of the vagina or it actually comes outside of the vagina in stage four, that's a more extreme case where I do believe outside support and possibly surgery really may be needed. Um, and you can always, you know, start with, with a pessary. And that, that's definitely something that would be recommended, hopefully, before surgery if you do see a doctor or um, a pelvic floor physical therapist. But it's really, um, it's more common for women to have a situation where the uterus or the bladder or the rectum just aren't supported by the tissues as well and there can be a feeling of heaviness in the pelvic area or you it may show up as incontinence or constipation so if you have a prolapse you're going to likely know there's this distinct feeling of heaviness 
and just like things are not in their proper position down there. So to start, it's good to look at the birth experience as the source, and you probably already have done this. So when you think about your birth experience, a few things to consider. Was there coach pushing? Was there the use of forceps or a vacuum at any point? Or manual extraction of your placenta? Did you have an epidural or was Pitocin used? All of these can greatly contribute to having a prolapse after birth, but it also happens after, um, you know, undisturbed births, free births, uh, births at home as well. So in those situations, we can look at more at pelvic floor instability and too much pressure from above in the abdomen as just possible reasons. And if you think about it, what holds all your organs in alignment is having this balance from above and below. So your pelvic floor muscles support everything above them from below, like like this hammock. And so when you chronically suck in your stomach or you have breathing patterns that disturb this, uh, this optimal energy flow, that puts a lot of pressure downward, too much pressure downward. And combined, you can start to see how this can happen and things can get off balance or at least be susceptible to it after birth. So one thing I'd like to offer is a suggestion for how to have just a more healthy breathing pattern, a more um, healthy biomechanical physiological breathing pattern, which a lot of people don't know about and actually learn to do the opposite due to the you know, the popularity of yoga and other similar belly breathing methods. So you don't want to um, breathe and just lift your belly and fill that up with air on each exhale. You want to breathe with your diaphragm up near your ribs, near your lungs. And you want to feel your ribs as you breathe in expand in a 360 degree direction and then come together with each exhale. And so you can put your hands on your ribs and just see if they're expanding outward at the sides and the back and the front evenly, and then feel it go in on the exhale. You don't want to expand your belly on the inhale. That puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on your abdominal organs. And especially if you have a prolapse, you might want to explore just changing these breathing habits. It can take, um, you know, they can get pretty ingrained. So it's just something to really look at, especially if you're dealing with this. It's a really important piece here. And just a thought on the pelvic floor support from below. So this is where my mind goes toward the emotional and situational aspects of having a prolapse and to where thinking about support in your life is helpful. This, this theme of support, in my opinion, this is a necessity. It's not a luxury after birth as a new mother. And it's something many of us, modern mothers, at least in the U.S., uh, don't have or don't have anywhere near what we truly need for thriving after birth. So some things to think about. Do you see this theme of lacking support in your life and how can you prioritize or cultivate more of that? How can you delegate things more in your life to others and ask for help? Do you feel like you didn't rest enough after birth? 
I feel like a lot of birth injuries don't show up until, you know, weeks after birth when we feel good and it's after we cut our resting time short to start doing things in the world, most likely too soon. And things result, you know, like increased bleeding or reopening of a tear or a prolapse. So just some things to think about as you consider some of the deeper um emotional situational aspects of what you're going through it isn't too late if you're two months postpartum or even later and you're noticing a lot of issues coming up to just get in bed and rest for a week and I know it's hard it may feel impossible especially if you have other children but recruit them recruit their help I really feel like there's nothing more important than prioritizing your body's health your pelvic health because what you do now can set the stage for either lifelong health or it can cause issues as you age that take a lot longer to heal and then let's see so one more thing with prolapse um, another possible cause is a history of using menstrual cups like the diva cup so a lot more women are using these nowadays and as I understand it, they find them less wasteful and easier ways to go through their bleeding time. I personally have never been drawn to them. I'm not really into the, the suction. Um, but it's really important to understand that this powerful suction, it can cause a lot of issues if you're not diligent about completely breaking the suction before you pull at all. Um, and if you're, if you're currently dealing with the prolapse, I really wouldn't suggest using them at all. A lot better alternatives are using sponges or even better free bleeding the first day or two if you're able to stay home or, you know, using pads. So how I support women who are experiencing prolapse is through body work. And I offer, you know, my wisdom on different supplemental modalities as well. Some, some practices that they can do at home and some that I may do in the office. And when my and my most helpful uh, modality for this is through Orvigo, my abdominal therapy. I talk about that a lot. And this is really just all about encouraging circulation and the flow of blood and lymph and energy, supporting optimal alignment and lifting of your abdominal pelvic organs. This is a big piece. And I've seen a lot of success over time with this you know, with enough regular professional treatments as well as really diligent self-care. So meaning nearly daily self-massage in the routine we teach as well as some of what I mentioned, complementary modalities I'll talk about too. Um, or, you know, ones I've talked about in previous podcasts as well, like pelvic steaming, um, castor oil packs, wearing a faha so a wrap and then tying it in a really specific way to lift so there's just a few things I want to offer while you're on this healing path because it can take months or longer and it may just be a situation um, for some women of managing a lot of the symptoms rather than completely healing it really just depends on you so number one avoid heavy lifting. So if you do need to lift over 10 pounds, like, you know, your baby, of course, always make sure you have good posture. 
So if you're bending over, use your hips and your thighs for power. Never use your lower back. Two, I'd suggest avoiding running or bouncing or other high-impact activities as forms of exercise. There's a lot of other really great exercises that you can do, like swimming or biking or elliptical, climbing stairs, all great ways to, you know, um, be active without causing a lot of excess pressure and bouncing. And then three, like I mentioned, supporting your organs with a wrap. It's a great thing to do if you take a scarf or any kind of long cloth. What's really important is how you tie it. So you want to do this lying down while your hips are propped up. So you're setting your organs in a lifted position. You don't want to tie a wrap standing up. That would really just further exacerbate the problem. And you can kind of see logistically how that would just be, you know, bringing pressure downward and then finally I just want to talk briefly about postpartum hormones and at least some of some of what can contribute to why it can take some time to heal this relaxin you may have heard of this as the hormone that relaxes ligaments and other tissues throughout your body the hormone during pregnancy that helps soften and prepare you for the opening of birth that's still actually circulating throughout your body and it can be in your body as long as six months postpartum or you know whenever you stop nursing it can take about a year and a half to two years for your ligaments and your tendons to regain their pre-pregnancy strength and length so even though you may feel healed way before that there's still a lot of internal changes happening after birth that are going to take some time to come together and heal that you aren't going to see externally and then estrogen that's another hormone that really drops postpartum as prolactin which is the breastfeeding hormone increases and a decrease in estrogen can weaken and cause these temporary changes in the pelvic floor. So these are some additional reasons for just why patience is needed. Though I do believe prolapse is probably more of a biomechanical issue than a hormonal one. It definitely is, um, it definitely is a contributing factor. And I think this is why it can take women a while to heal. And it can be helpful to understand that and cultivate that patience and kind of self-compassion and grace in this process. So just overall with prolapse, again, I want to reiterate that this is the kind of thing that really takes time to heal. It can be helpful to understand the interplay of hormones postpartum um, for a year or two. And it takes a lot of diligent self-care and really making sure you're prioritizing your healing. And patience is really needed here. And really understanding that is kind of key. It takes time to shift something like this in your body. But you definitely can heal and you can feel normal again. So on the healing side, what do I recommend here for healing? If you have a minor prolapse, stage one or two... So you just feel that pressure, but you don't, um, it's not, you don't actually see the organ or feel it at the entrance. I'd personally, of course, recommend seeing a my abdominal therapist. So I'll link the directory 
in the show notes to find someone near you who can do professional treatment with you and teach you a self-massage technique that you can do at home every day. And that's just going to help so much for increasing blood flow and circulation and helping the lifting and optimal positioning of your organs. And it's just, it's just great all around after birth, especially if you've had a cesarean. It can really be helpful for scar tissue and just, yeah, just overall healing after birth. It's, it's excellent. Um, okay. And then for a more long lasting prolapse or one that's causing a lot of difficult symptoms, seeing a physical therapist is definitely the way to go. And even if it's minor for you, it can be great to learn exercises to strengthen your pelvic floor. And it's even possible that your insurance would cover these visits. So look into that. And if the therapist is skilled in a modality called visceral manipulation, they can also help with encouraging a more manual repositioning of your organs, whereas the my massage is definitely more gentle and encouraging and is not directly repositioning anything. And something to note is that many women who have pelvic organ prolapse think their pelvic floor is too weak, but what's actually going on is a pelvic floor that's often too tense. There's been so much tension over time that has somewhat lost its ability to hold and have a healthy amount of tension and flexibility. So if you think of a rubber band that's been stretched to its limit for too long, it loses its inherent strength. So going to a pelvic floor physical therapist can just help you with getting these specific exercises for you and what your situation is more than anything that I can advise in a general way to anyone. And then another thing you can do, as I mentioned before, along with massage, is herbal pelvic steaming. And that's something that I'm going to have an upcoming episode more about. And I also have a free ebook on my website. If you check it out, um, I'll link it in the show notes as well. It just goes over the goes over the practice a lot more in detail. Um, so for this situation using specific cooling, toning herbs. Some really good ones are eucalyptus, hibiscus, chamomile, raspberry leaf, dandelion, red clover. Um, yeah, red clover is also great as an estrogenic herb. Raspberry leaf has these components as well. So that's a lot on prolapse. And next, I want to talk about incontinence. So that's another big subject, and it's a really common situation after birth. It might even be more common than prolapse, and it just shares a lot of parallels with it in that there's obviously a big component of looking at pelvic floor health, specifically in the tensegrity of muscles and tissue surrounding the bladder and rectum, and just looking at breathing patterns. It's the same balance you're looking at where you want this strong and supple pelvic floor that can support in a healthy way. So urinary incontinence is definitely the more common situation where women either feel like they can't hold in their pee without leaking or urine has a hard time coming out. And a lot of what I said about prolapse is helpful to explore here in looking at your birth experience. And a lot of common interventions are the cause of birth injuries 
and especially here of any coach pushing or a doctor or midwife being too hands-on another big piece is stress so stress can play a big role in incontinence and is a common theme I see so what can you do to support lasting that in any way another thing to look at really common something I've noticed is the connection with this issue to past sexual abuse obviously both of these are way larger issues and are not by any means quick fixes for healing but it it may be helpful for you to see the connection between what's going on in your life with what manifests in your body and just sharing some of the common parallels that I've seen working with women and just exploring this in your own time what what you can do for for more healing in those areas so sometimes finding that root cause is really the cure to situations where you seemingly try everything and nothing works then there's a deeper issue at play and it needs to be explored especially if you're resistant to it with incontinence like many other situations i really feel like it can probably be most helpful to see a pelvic floor physical therapist to get these specific exercises for you and to get that immediate biofeedback. Um, But I want to offer a resource for women who want to know a little bit more about some general exercises they can do just generally after birth and then for more of these specific scenarios. So instead of explaining it here, which is a little more difficult, I put together a little ebook that you can get on my website where I talk about healing from birth which includes just general aftercare, including physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. And then I also go into healing birth injuries. And this summarizes a lot of what I'm talking about in this podcast as well. It's going into some depth on, like I mentioned, these exercises that you can do where it'll be a little easier to explain with pictures and, and detail. And then I include a little more um, on the topic of healing after birth that I think you'll find useful, including some meditations and energetics to um, healing after birth. So you can find the link to that on the show notes and you just put your email and it'll be sent to you immediately. Finally, I want to talk about tearing. This is definitely related to birth. Yes, of course, but it also affects women who have some weakness or instability in their pelvic tissues that may make them more susceptible to tearing and honestly sometimes it just happens and most of the time it's related to birth in the system though and not a large baby um, from really common interventions like coach pushing manual extraction use of an epidural pitocin and some direct injuries from care providers such as Uh, to hands-on birth or of course an episiotomy and I think what's helpful to know or if you haven't experienced this having a tear can be devastating for women depending on where it is the severity how it can affect them I think what I like to say about this is that as women birthing one could say we're meant to tear uh, to tear and we're meant to heal as well the the quality of our pelvic tissues are such that they can heal pretty quickly given enough rest after birth 
you know, rarely a more extreme tear can need more care, possibly stitching, but often I feel like bed rest after birth, keeping legs close for a few weeks is really all that's needed. My favorite remedy for working with a tear that's still causing pelvic pain or other, or other issues is to massage with castor oil. And I've talked before about how incredibly healing castor oil is um, for, you know, its quality to soften scar tissue, re-enliven tissues just in general. You So you can massage castor oil both internally and externally and I feel like making a regular practice of doing this a few times a week you'll really begin to see a change over time so note that this is probably most helpful for scar tissue but and it's not to be used with you know wounds of any kind of course that are still open so um, but you know I feel like scar tissue uh, sorry, castor oil is also really good just for increasing circulation to any area, bringing healing to any area. You don't necessarily need to have scar tissue to benefit to benefit from it at all. Um, so that's how I address the issue of tearing: rest, self-massage, and that's a lot of the work there. And of course, it really depends on how severe the tear is. But most of the time, start with bed rest. And if you're past that point, then start with a regular few times per week, intuitive self-led massage with castor oil. Some women use manuka honey and seaweed um, on their pelvic areas, wherever these um, the tear is. I haven't done a lot of research on that, so you can look into that for yourself if you feel like that, you feel drawn to that and seeing if that might work for you. I think that is more something that's done in the earlier stages of a tear, but um, yeah, definitely look into that if you're, if you're drawn to it. And another thing, when you're doing that meditation, um, when you're doing that self-massage, I encourage you to kind of use the time to meditate, visualize, and picture just sending your pelvic floor love and gratitude for all it's done. This is a really important piece that I always like to add in. This is not just physical healing. This is an emotional, a spiritual, a heart-centered, heart-centered, it calls for this. So next, uh, let's see, I just want to talk about surgery briefly. So I'm sure if you know me and you follow my work, you know that I always encourage a natural, holistic approach. Rarely, I would say surgery is needed, perhaps in something like a fourth degree prolapse. But in reality, the stats on hysterectomies and pelvic reconstructive surgeries are horrible. They require multiple follow-ups and cause a lot of other problems, both short-term and long-term, like scar tissue and adhesions. And especially in the case of hysterectomy, pelvic instability, as without your uterus, other organs and tissues shift in that space. 
And one of the best books on this topic is Below the Waist by Jennifer Block, and I'll link that in the show notes. That book is amazing. It's it's just an excellent resource and investigates so many aspects of the women's health industry, such as the fertility industry, questioning routine hysterectomies and regular gynecology care, issues with obstetrics, um, birth trauma, and so much more. Really check that book out. It's incredible. And I think anyone that listens to this podcast will just love it. Okay, so just a few things on general healing after birth in order of importance from my opinion. Number one, rest. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just really can't emphasize this enough. It's the foundation upon which all healing takes place. In all traditional cultures, an extended rest period after birth was always called for and cultivated. It helps your body's tissues heal and it supports the coming back into alignment of your abdominal and pelvic organs. It's absolutely even more essential if you have any of the situations we're talking about in this episode. So what does rest mean? Many would say two weeks in bed or some would say 40 days in your home, but I think it also is really individual. It depends on how you're feeling, the time of year, your baby, but I would suggest at least a week where you're mostly in bed, except for, you know, going to the bathroom, that kind of thing. And I know for some women, if they don't have that support or they have other children, it can seem impossible, but I'm telling you, it's definitely something to prioritize. Can your partner take time off of work after birth or can you call family in to help? Can you hire a postpartum doula or even recruit your older children to help? And then they can see you prioritizing real self-care. Rest is more than a luxury. It's essential for long-term physical and especially pelvic health. Something that always stuck with me, I heard this from Kimberly Johnson who wrote the book, The Fourth Trimester. She talks about how I think in the Ayurvedic tradition, it's seen that after birth, it's this liminal time where you can either create a lifelong disease or you can heal from one and set yourself up for lifetime health, depending on how you spend this time. And after my own postpartum experience, I really feel that that's true. And then two, steaming. So I'm going to go into this in depth on an upcoming podcast like I mentioned, and I also have a PDF on my website with a complete guide to this practice, but I'll just say that this is an incredible ally for your postpartum time. So if you can have someone watch the baby so you can steam maybe even 15 minutes several times in the first month after birth, you'll really go a long way for just general healing or healing any injuries you may have. And it's good even if you just use plain water and some salt but specific herbs can really help more with that medicine of soothing tissues and calming inflammation, bringing pleasure to painful areas, and just helping with supporting cleansing of the uterus. And honestly, the warmth just feels so good and so right after birth. It's a really amazing practice, so definitely check more into that and integrate that um, into your postpartum plan. Then finally, Another great general practice for healing after birth is, of course, self-massage. And I always say that this can be entirely intuitive, whether it's massaging any area of your body 
or particularly, you know, your belly, of course, your womb area, especially if you've had a cesarean, this is the best way to bring circulation, energy, and blood flow, which supports and speeds up your healing. And one of my favorite oils for this is St. John's Wort infused in jojoba oil. So all you need to do to make this is you just fill up a jar with this plant or any other plant like calendula or lavender or roses. And then you pour the oil of your choice over it. I like jojoba, like I said. Let it sit for a moon cycle. You shake it maybe once a week and then you strain it. Super easy and you have an incredibly beautiful and medicinal herbal body oil with the whole plant medicine safe for you and baby it's just it's beautiful and you can also make that into a healing balm or salve as i'll share in that um, healing from birth pdf that i'll link in the show notes so that's what i have right now now to share with you all based on what i've seen and worked with women on in my practice I kind of feel like this is a part one. There's really so much I wanted to put in here, um, but my time is super limited lately, and it's kind of hard to coach you through any exercises through audio and without working with you one-on-one to know what's going on, but hopefully this is just a start. Know that you can definitely heal. None of these injuries are life sentences, but they may take time. Also know that each situation is unique with your history, your birth experiences, uh, the state of your pelvic floor, lifestyle, postural habits, um, any past trauma. And so I encourage you to really sit with and tune into your body. If you can take some time to meditate and if you're dealing with prolapse or incontinence, see if you're getting any messages about what you need for your healing. Often just sitting with your body in silence and being open to listening and receiving provides a lot of answers. Often we know what we need to do or maybe even why something is happening, but we haven't wanted to tune in and make some big changes. And sometimes what's really needed is just seeing someone who can help us out on a physical and holistic level, recruiting that outside support. Sometimes what's needed is really just pelvic floor exercises and body work. But I do often think it's a combination of the physical aspect and also addressing things from an emotional or lifestyle or trauma-based component. Okay, so again, that's all I have to share today. I'm going to end now. Please feel free to reach out to me if you have any specific questions on these birth injuries and want things more fleshed out or um, another um, or if you have other situations after birth that you'd like me to cover I'm more than happy to share more on this topic and if you enjoyed this episode if you found any of it helpful all I really ask in return is that you leave a rating or even a review it really helps so much to get this podcast out and this information out to more women So thank you everyone for listening and I'll talk with you soon. Mm